I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Joy often gets forgotten because we kind of get wired early on to be very much um, like output focused and climb the ladder focused. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 33. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We'd love to know what you think. We definitely would. And for today's episode, we are going to talk about joy, specifically how to find joy in prioritizing what matters, which is, we feel, a really important topic on cocktails and content creation. But but first, before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking? Today, I've got a Down East Cider, the pear version. It's just, you know, we're Mm. finally recording mid-summer or it feels like summer, so it's just nice, light, and refreshing. Can't really go wrong with that. I would totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a good pear. Yeah. Drink. I didn't, you know, I never liked pears as a kid, but now it's like, hmm, that's actually pretty good. When you mix a pear with like, I think I, I think there was a charcuterie board. I'm saying Ooh, that right. Char- yes. Charcuterie with like some pear on it. So mm-hmm. mix it with some cheese, some pear, maybe some honey. It's really Yum, really yum, good. yum. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So. So now we're not only sharing what we're drinking, we're also sharing what we like to eat. And Well, it is lunchtime right now. And I'm and now I am hungry. I am yeah. hungry. Well then let's not that's not you know, banter. <laughs> let's dive right into it. Let's dive right into it. Paula Jenkins is a podcast producer, strategist, and consultant. In 2015, she launched her own podcast, Jumpstart Your Joy. And appropriately enough, she's gonna speak with us about how to find joy in prioritizing what matters. We are here with our guest, Paula. She is a podcast producer, strategist, and consultant. She works with other small business owners to produce their podcasts in ways that bring big results. In 2015, she launched her own podcast, Jumpstart Your Joy. And in 2021, she released a book and launched her second podcast, The Joy of Podcasting. Welcome so much to the show, Paula. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so delighted to be here. Oh, I know it's been a while since we originally booked this, and I am so happy that we're finally getting to speak with you about all things joy. Yeah, thank you so much. I know it, it has been a little bit, and I, I love talking about joy and podcasting. So, Perfect. <laughs> of course, yeah. I am delighted. Yeah. To First be here. off, we're going to talk about something else that keeps brings people joy, and that is what are you drinking? Well, we are recording in the morning, and so I am having a coffee with just cream. Um, but if it maybe were later in the day, my favorite other drink is scotch, usually just on the rocks. <laughs> I think that's a first for this podcast. I think it is too. It's usually yeah. wine or like some kind of fruity cocktail. Yeah. yeah. What well, I, I have an issue with fructose. So I, there's a lot of things that I cannot drink, which may also be a first. But so scotch, my very favorite is Oban. Um, it has a nice kind of salty thing, like flavor to it. it On the back, it even says it tastes like you've been kissed by a mermaid. And that actually might be true. I've never been kissed by a mermaid, but I imagine. You need to check it out because of Ariel. Yeah, my daughter's name is Ariel. So, and there's a lot of mermaid stuff going on in her room. Oh my God. Could you imagine if you brought home a bottle of scotch, this one in particular, and then your husband was like, wait, what are you doing? What do we do? Yeah. I think I've had scotch maybe twice in my life. 
So yeah, he'd probably well, think what's going on here. You can get Oban at Costco and um, oh, there you go. here's an interesting drink I made up. You put it with aloe, you know, like aloe. Do you guys drink aloe juice ever? No. Okay. Well, you could mix it with that. <laughs> I'm really mixing it up here, aren't I? Wow. That, yeah. Yeah. You're bringing was, all things, you're bringing all things cocktail to this, this version. That would be interesting. <laughs> I love it. I think I've, I think I've seen, there's a bar I go to in New York and I see, I've seen aloe drinks. It's like, um, it's like a health, healthy bar. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. There you go. Love it. That's okay. All right. So now that we've taken that, now that we've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I kind of gave a, a, an intro, but from your own words, what is your journey? What is it that you did? Tell us a little bit about Paula Jenkins. Sure. So uh, let's see. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, my background is uh, educationally. I studied religious studies in college and then I got a master's in it as well. Uh, my background as far as working for 20-ish years or 15-ish years, I was in advertising agencies um, in San Francisco and all digital production stuff. Um, and so I kind of jokingly call myself a digital native, even though that, you know, back in 2020, like I was in the dot-com boom and uh, even witnessed, you know, pink slip parties. And one of the CEOs uh, ran from the building with a very large screen TV as we closed very dramatically. So I have that as a fun background. Um, and then I, you know, had a kid. I'm trying to go quick. <laughs> so... Uh, and then I was really tired of being in advertising because you can kind of imagine that that there's a, a pull in between. Uh, I was leading retreats on the weekends, telling people, "Oh, this is how you de-stress. This is how you, you know, find your authentic self." That kind of thing. And then during the week, I was telling people what they needed to buy on their Visa card. You know, which like <laughs> I was doing. I was just making the same noise uh, that I was telling people to try and relax from. So uh, I started working with a life coach myself. And in 2015, went through a life coaching certification program. And that's where we get to the podcast. I actually had loved podcasts since about 2004 um, and been listening to them on my way into work on a literal iPod because that's how they all started, of course. And then decided as I was ending my life, my life coaching certification program that I wanted to try a podcast as the marketing arm for that venture that I was going to grow. And what happened was the podcast took off and I loved it very much. And it it really brought in a lot of the things that I loved about production, which is what I'd been doing in the ad agencies. It was a great tool for asking questions. I also have, have done some improv in my background. Um, it lifted that. It lifted the life coaching stuff. And it was fun. I think I've kind of always been wired as an entrepreneur. So it was really fun to get to use that skill set. Um, that was that show is Joy. Uh, sorry, it's Jumpstart Your Joy. <laughs> I was going to say the second show name. Uh, and Jumpstart Your Joy took off. And it was kind of fun back in 2015. Uh, it was probably a little bit smaller field of podcasts out there. And people started asking me, how'd you do it? <laughs> Can you help me do it? And uh, so I did. <laughs> and in 2019, uh, January 1st of 2019, I went all out on my own and have been doing podcasts and podcasting for other people uh, since then. And so that's that's the journey. So we've mentioned the word joy and you mentioned the word joy already quite a bit. Yeah. In your opinion, what is joy and why is it important for to our listeners who are 
you know, likely entrepreneurs or those working in the nine to five with some form of a side hustle? What is, what, what, why is joy so essential? Yeah. And it's such a great question. I think, I think joy often gets forgotten because we kind of get wired early on to be very much, um, like output focused and climb the ladder focused. And I think that's really hard because then we, you know, we get those mixed messages of dream big, but then go do your homework, right? So I think there's kind of that thing where we get on the ladder and we get this idea of what we want to do or what we want to be. And like myself, I found that kind of partway into my work as advertising, I loved it there, but then I was like, but what am I doing? Where's the upper limit on this thing? And how long am I going to be able to be in a job that's this that's this taxing? And there there was, I mean, I loved the people, but I didn't love the work. And so I think if you're either there where you've you've been in a place where you feel like, well, this is what my parents thought I should do, or I always thought this would be the career that I wanted, or there's a lot of shoulds wrapped up with where you're at or where you're headed. Or you're just like looking around and you're like, this really isn't bringing me any joy. I think it's a great time to to relook at what the the landscape is like where you're working. Because to answer your question a little more directly, I think joy is important. And I often call it a wayfinding emotion. So it's kind of like the saying of if you set your sights on the moon, you'll fall among the stars. I think everyone's probably heard that one. But it's like if you set your sights on joy, well, you're going to fall among the space of happiness and contentment, et cetera. So I think if you can look for what brings you joy, if you're in a nine to five right now that doesn't seem too joyful, maybe there's pieces of it that you love and you can cultivate that, whether it's a friendship or a a certain kind of project that you wish you could work on, you could ask about it. or find something in outside of work that brings you joy. I mean, podcasting was that for me for a good three or four years before I went full time on it. And it meant I had something to focus on when the day got too long and too hard. Um, and I knew it was always there for me. So I think a hobby could be a great thing. Um, and then you asked a little bit about maybe entrepreneurs. I think in setting up your own business, it's important to, to kind of consider what does make you happy. Um because you're going to be doing a lot of it, especially as an entrepreneur, it's going to take more time probably than a nine to five. So I think figuring it out and making sure it's not just a should, because I think it gets too hard. And then uh, I would think resentment usually kind of comes up if you're following a should. If there's other options here, I don't really want to be doing this. Uh, so I think weaving joy in in some way is really important. Well, I think it's funny because a lot of people, you know, you're talking about parents telling you, you know, what you should be doing, Right. Um, we hear a lot on the show and Jesse and I are both kind of part of that, that we, you know, a lot of people went into that typical nine to five and for one reason or another, whether it's family, whether it's feeling burnt out, whether it's, you know, kind of how you stumbled into what you're doing now with, you know, doing something as a hobby or, or starting something and, and as a, as a side thing. And it turned into the main thing. A lot of people have, have kind of done that. They've gone from that nine to five to, the entrepreneur life and they're finding so much more joy in it. And I, it's, we've only had, I think one person that's come on the show that was like, yeah, I jumped right into freelance life. And it's been like, well, stop. Like, that's awesome that you just rent right for it. Because I think a lot of people are told you need to do nine to five or to find that like solid work right away. And it's just, it's just not necessarily, maybe it's a good way to start out. 
maybe figuring out that that isn't for you, but I just don't think it's for not, not for everybody, certainly. And the three of us are examples of that. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's also, it has to do with maybe what our parents did. Entrepreneurial uh, like work was not a part of my family history at all. So for, and there's even fear that comes up because sometimes when I was, or back when I was looking at this as an option, there's always those fears that come up of like, well, how are you going to make enough money to feed your family? How are you going to, what you know, fill in the, br- the blank of whatever the familial fear is that maybe even got passed down to you. My big one was, you know, I'm going <laughs> to end up poor and on the side of the road at, with no house. And like that never happened, but that was part of the dialogue that played in my head. Well, so, it's, yeah. oh, no, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think keeping those in check, like if there yeah. is a story in a coaching kind of way where you're where you hear some someone else's voice, maybe not your own saying, but what if I think that's keeping you in a place that maybe if you explored other things, you would find a lot of joy. It was it was very I'm I'm the only I mean, one of my cousins is an entrepreneur, but I think this is a transitional generation or sorry, a transitional generation where people are trying on entrepreneurship where they're the previous generations were not. And so I think right now it's probably a little bit harder even for us to understand what does it look like? How do I make it work? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, You know, we talk about, you know, finding that joy or really looking for what does bring us joy. You mentioned that whether it's like within your workplace, like figuring out what it is about your work that you love or outside is like a hobby. But I think it can be really tough for those entrepreneurs who have been doing it for a while or even those in the nine to five to really even figuring out like what that joy is like how Mm. do you you know how do you if you if there are tips for this how do you go (laughs) figuring out what really does bring your joy and actually being brave enough to pursue it I guess tell us a little bit about you know your thoughts on that Sure. Yeah. And I think there's a couple layers to that because I know um, in my work as a life coach for a while, uh, even one of my really good life coach friends, she would be like, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. I mean, and I think that's a sad comment, but I think it's a real comment, especially as you go through some of the transitions of life where you've been working a job, you got a couple kids and you find yourself, you know, in the midlife section and you're like, I don't, I don't know. So at least the information that I uh, I lovingly get from my own show is the first question I ask everybody is, is about what brought you joy as a child. And I think if you're in that place if, of the comment is, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. I think you could look to that. And if you're like, I don't even remember that, <laughs> um, the top five answers on the board of, of, you know, probably 250 interviews-ish are nature a lot of people find that a walk in nature will bring that back. And there's even some interesting research around that, that getting out in nature kind of regrounds you and helps you recenter. So even if it's not full on joy, it's a reset for your nervous system. Uh, time with friends. And during the pandemic, that was a little bit harder sometimes, but even Zoom or whatever. Um, playing with animals <laughs> or animals, uh, a very sweet reminder. And you can find a webcam with an animal and just like watch it. And they are so cute. <laughs> reading, um, and, uh, which obviously could be done anywhere or doing something creative. And I think the creative one is big, uh, excuse me. And we forget that it helps us reconnect with who we are and what we love in a special way. And so I think if you have any time 
and you can do something creative, even if it feels weird, like just a little bit of coloring, see if you like it. Um, and then I think that's, that's the other piece is um, lots of times people, I think they don't do something or they stop themselves in their tracks when it seems like, oh, that might be joyful. I might try it. But then they feel like there has to be an outcome tied to it. Um, and oftentimes it is not that like what we do for joy has to have a specific outcome that's applicable to your life, right? Like like that has something that you can either make money off of or that's like productive. <laughs> joy is so true. Is, <laughs> yeah, and joy is often there just for joy's sake. So I think whatever it is, if you can, if you're like, oh yeah, that does sound interesting, even if it's the thing at work or it's the thing in, in your personal life, and you're like, well, I'm kind of in, that sounds fun. But then if you're like, oh, but that's not gonna, that's not gonna make me money. That's you know not gonna help me in some uh, tangible way. Give it a try. Like kind of adopt the what if the you know the what if like get curious, let it be playful, that kind of stuff I think can help. That's so interesting that you say that about the idea of like, does it bring you money or does it bring something else into your life? I feel like those thoughts have been like ingrained as of recent, like, you know, maybe maybe it's because of the social media piece of it. It's like, you know, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. turn your, turn your side hustle and turn it, make it, make it money and do this and do that. Like we're constantly bombard, or at least I I see it on my social feeds, the ads for this and that. And it's just really overwhelming. And it's like, I think that's a really interesting point that you made because, you know, I feel like we've lost our way to finding just things we like to do because we're told if you like it, oh, you can also make money with it. And then when you start down that path, I feel like, as, as an entrepreneur, you can easily just lose that, that that joy that it once brought you. So I think that's a really interesting point you brought up to to really think about things that, you know, don't necessarily have to have a productive outcome it, other than just bringing you some sort of emo- emotional satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it, your your emotional satisfaction is so important. Yeah, it has value. Yeah. It has, you know... And in some sense, it actually has monetary value because if you're if you're in a good state of mind in other aspects of your life, I feel like that can help you be more productive in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a nine to fiver, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I um I've been recently looking into more of my like ADHD and like you know researching symptoms and and everything and one of the things that they say about people with ADHD is you you can't sit still right you feel you start to feel guilty about sitting mm-hmm. still and not doing anything and like you have to go 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 so lately what i've been trying to do is trying to find time to just sit and like not think not do anything and just find you know try to find i guess joy in just doing nothing and it's been it's been a little difficult i'm not going to lie it is hard it yeah. is difficult because well, your mind just runs away. You're just like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know, Jesse, it's interesting that you brought up the thing about social media. I don't know if it's okay if I just bring up this idea too, is that like, I feel like so often, even the joyful, the little joyful moments that we find, mm-hmm. we feel like, oh my gosh, stop. I got to get out my my camera, my phone. Oh my God. I need yeah. to put this on Instagram. And I, I would encourage anyone that's listening, to, if that is coming up, to question it for yourself. Because- Um, I've been, this has been a a juicy topic for me recently, at least personally, right as the pandemic ended, I decided to take a vacation for myself. 
it was highly, I'll say it was really on brand. It was highly like postable. And I made the decision not to. I didn't even tell anyone where I was going. And I mean, my family knew. <laughs> like, <laughs> where can you allow those things to just be for you? Because I think we are very, very hardwired right now to be performative almost. You know, this is good for the following. This is good for the brand. This, and I, I would question the why, especially when it's just tied into something you're doing for yourself. Let it be for yourself and right. see how it feels. Right. There's yeah. that. I think another one of our guests had mentioned, you know, the validation that we need from social media. And it's such a weird thing that we've created in our minds that anything we we do or, you know, we need to be validated or it needs to have some sort of value in other people's minds, not yeah. just our own internal yeah. being okay with what, what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Too much, uh, too much relying on what other people think. Yeah. And approve of others. Approval is a big deal. Well, yeah. And then it's the comparison thing, like and oh, comparison yeah. being the thief of joy, really, in that like, oh, well, I went there and I took that picture and it was just, you know, like, because you've all seen mm-hmm. the feeds of whatever the location is, it doesn't even matter. But I think where you can just let some of these things be for you I mean, um, is a Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way talks about taking yourself on dates, self dates. And, and I think that's kind of how I saw that for myself. Um, and in, in the spirit of joy of like, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur, allowing yourself to go out and experience something just to experience it, you know, go to, uh, you know, a, a museum or go do, do, just do something outside of your normal regular day and, and just see what it feels like, uh, to not be on and performing with it. So we've talked about some of the things we can do, but how does one go about actually making it a priority? Yeah. Um, consciously making it a priority in your life to do some of these things. You know, it's hard. As Kate just mentioned, she's trying to make it a priority, but it still yeah. feels awkward and weird. And it should just feel- take a moment for yourself to do something that's right. not. So how does how does one become okay um, making it a priority? And then I don't know if you have any tips for us um, in that capacity of making it a priority and being okay with making it a priority. Yeah, that's really kind of the dance of it. Yeah. Um, well, and and I think what it is, is truly giving yourself permission to take some time, whether that be in your work or whether it be in your day life or your personal life, uh, take the time and literally put it on your calendar. <laughs> this is one of the things I talk about in my own book is, like you really have to set it aside and you have to set the time aside for it and notice that it might feel a little bit weird at first to be like, I'm going to the museum by myself because I think a lot of, I think a lot of the things that come up um, and what we're hardwired from, from being little is, Oh, it's good to be with people. It's good to be, um, you know, in groups all the time. Some of those things, if you want to go do something by yourself to notice that, like, what is it that we've been conditioned to believe to be what we need? Um, try and let that stuff go. Now, if, and I guess I should mention here, I think introverts and extroverts process these things really differently. So if you were an extrovert and you just heard me say that, you're probably like, you're, you're crazy. 
that's not going to be joyful. I do not want to be by myself. So that's fine. Um, I think honoring what you know to be true about yourself. And if, if you haven't done some of the Myers-Briggs or some of those tests, I actually think that's a good place to start is if you aren't really sure what it is that you need or what might bring you joy, get to know yourself a little bit better. Um, ask yourself the question of what brought you joy as a child. Um, and then give yourself the permission to try those things. Um, I think along with, you know, if, if you're an introvert like me, that's why I started with the answer to the question that way, let yourself go try something. And I think if you notice that it's uncomfortable or if you notice that maybe you, you feel like you should be doing something else, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe talk to your, your partner, your spouse, whoever you're with and just say, look, I, I feel like I need to try some new stuff. I, I think I'm going to do this and just see, see what they say. I don't, I'm not saying you should ask permission, but maybe talk through the feelings that are coming up of I don't, why, why is it that I don't feel like I can go see a movie by myself or I wish I could take this new class. Do you think, you know, if it's a childcare issue, do you think you could take care of um, the kids? If, if you have a spouse or a partner, do you think you could take care of the kids? Cause I want to do a ceramics class. And maybe that's all you need is, is I guess, identify the thing if there's something else standing in the way of it, of the thing happening and, and try and find a way to make that. Is that true? Do you, is that the reason you can't do the thing? Meaning if it's a childcare issue or whatever, and try and, you know, sweep those things away, find a way to solve them. If it's, oh, well, no, I need to be spending time on my business. I would ask, do you really need to be spending time on your business or would a little bit of time away help you, you know, in a creative way and give you more space? Because ironically, I have found when I take time for myself and spend less time on my business, my clients have never said, why weren't you with your computer? I emailed you. Like that has never come up. <laughs> and what I find is that when I come back to it, I'm like, oh, this stuff takes less time than I ever thought. Why did I think I couldn't go spend some time doing something else? So I would question all of the root uh, assumptions one is making about why they cannot do something and uh, why it might be a bad idea or not possible at this moment. I really love that whole thing you just said. And also, especially for me, what resonated was really understanding your yourself. Because I think so, at least for me, sometimes our journey takes us and we get pulled in all these directions and we're expected to do this and expected to do that to where we're actually like doing things we don't that aren't true to ourselves anymore. So I feel like almost stepping back and being like, well, wait, who am I kind of thing that actually to me really resonates. So the taking that time to also ask yourself what you would do as a kid. I really, I, I haven't asked myself that in a long time. So um, that really resonated um, with me for sure. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's doing, I, I will add doing the adult version of whatever that is, because you, you might've loved finger painting, but maybe that isn't, that isn't the thing that you're going to do, or maybe it is. Yeah. Now you're just like, it's too big of a mess and that's not <laughs> going to bring me joy. So I love, I loved singing just... at family parties and like performing for when I would go over like my grandmother's or my nannies or whatever, I would go and like sing for when them. you were a kid. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to that bring Would now. that bring you joy now? Uh, not the same, not the same. <laughs> but what about you could sing in the car? Oh, I do Probably. that all the time. I sing in the car, sing in the chat. I, I, I was a theater, you know, I was a theater major yeah. in college for like two years. So, you know, I've, I've got, I still can sing. It's just, I think it would be a little weird if I went to my nunnies today and was like, I'm going to sing for you. Although, you know what? She'd probably, 
She's a hundred. She would she would enjoy it. She would love probably, it. She would probably she would love make it. you a stage and like do a whole production of yes, it. Yes. I mean, well, we just had a sing along the other night, actually. I should have you know what? Never mind. It works. <laughs> I just, you know, sometimes I think in asking yourself the question and talk like this is one thing I've found, and I think a lot of people have talked about on this podcast. Sometimes asking yourself the question or thinking about something, you kind of come up with the own your own answer to things. And I think we, I think a lot of it is just believing in yourself, and and that relates back to finding joy. Maybe you just need to believe in yourself a little bit more to find that joy. Yeah. Within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I think um, you're right. Yeah. So, you know, being an entrepreneur is really, really tough. And we kind of touched upon this already, but, you know, with the stress of being the boss and running the business and wearing all the hats, in some cases, you're the marketing person, you're the customer service person, you're the, um, you're the social media manager, you know, what would you say to someone who is in that type of position? Because a lot of our audience is entrepreneurs. What would you say to someone that says it just doesn't bring me joy anymore? Um, I know that's a really sad question to to think about, but what would you say yeah. to them? Well, I think first I'd say I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you started in a place that you you were doing this for a reason that was noble and beautiful and wonderful. I mean, I would guess if you're like me. And so I would, if you're there, I mean, I would take a little time to one honor that that's a real emotion like that's really hard and and if you've been judging yourself about it like why don't i love this i built this you know sit with that or or find a find a coach and and work through it because i think that's really hard to be in a place if you've built something um or are building something and maybe we'll talk about that in just a second but but honor that it is an emotion and maybe and talk to a friend or you know allow it to work itself through you because I think maybe some of it, is it just frustration, which would be totally reasonable or is it really like, no, this, this isn't it. Um, And I I think as you're building something, another thing might be that there is a lot of hardness and I, I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I think sometimes the building phase is really rough and, it might be that you just need to find some ways or or look at the stuff that's truly frustrating to you and see if you can let it go. It, it, you know, if it's the bookkeeping, can you delegate it? If it's the really hard things that are necessary, I think finding somebody else to do it. Uh, I feel like as I'm saying that, I'm also thinking about the books by Greg McCowan, which are Essentialism and Effortless. I love his wisdom on both of those things, um, which is, you know, do what matters most. That's essentialism and and let go of the rest. And then the effortless pieces, find a way to make it easier if it's essential still. Um, So maybe looking at those things. Uh, I would also say, especially if you're in the building phase and things are really hard, is there something you need to shift or pivot? And an example for me there is, uh, we already kind of talked about the story my journey being that I started this thinking I was going to be a life coach. And if, uh, and I had a plan in place, right? And so I got to get into this thing where I call it well-planned, but loosely held. So I planned out that path and started the podcast and launched all that and started on my path. But I did get to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't think this is what I want to do. And I put a lot of effort in, <laughs> like I got certified. I'm, paid money. So I was like, what's the, what am I doing? And so when I looked around to see that the podcast piece of it was in fact fun 
and a match for what I liked and something I could do and something clients were asking me to help them with, if I had held really rigidly to the life coaching part of it, I could have, but it would have been very painful and not joyful. So maybe if that's where you're at, you see you're at a crossroads. And I was like, well, this is kind of a leap of faith, but I can see that this other thing is the thing that's calling me. And so maybe that's the thing is, is be curious enough and like be listening enough so that you can see if there's a pivot point, because it might be that. Um, and then I think if you're further along, I can't say that I'm further along. I mean, I'm a few years in, but I think that after you're past the first year or so, uh, there's still things that are difficult, right? But I think it's really more about uh, finding people that can help you because hopefully you're then at a point in business and you're making the money where you can be like, yeah, I really would like a VA. And I will say, I kind of held off on some of those things um, because I felt like some of the tasks that I were doing, that I was doing, were not necessarily joyful to me. You know, I, I do love social media. I don't always love scheduling social media. <laughs> Uh, I like writing for social media. I don't know, you know, sometimes and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to write for this. So I found a few key people that I can tap and bring in. And I think the piece is like, well, this is expensive. I don't know if I can afford it. And you've probably heard it a million times before. Once you do actually make the hire and it's the right person, then it leaves you more room and you actually grow because you can focus on the things in the business that you actually want to work on instead of it being... I'm writing this social media post and I still do write all my own social media posts, but for some of the clients and they know this, I'm totally transparent about it. We have some writers that help them. Um, and I think that that gets back to the essentialism point coupled with joy probably, but like what's, what do you truly as the business owner, the entrepreneur need to be doing? And what do you actually want to be doing? Because once you're far enough along, you get to decide like, no, I really want to help people with content on podcasts. And that's that's what I delight in. And so I'm going to move the other stuff off to other people that like what I don't like as much, but they like. So you, everybody gets more of what they like. And I think that's the interesting thing is to find people. Because uh, I think there's the myth that if I don't like it, then nobody likes this thing. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what, somebody loves what you don't love to do. <laughs> that's so, so yeah. true. I, I Well, Kate, helps me with a lot of my my projects and it's not necessarily that I don't like love to do them it's just sometimes it's just a time issue but to your point though if you like the feeling that I just don't have time to get enough tasks causes can cause a lot of stress so sometimes outsourcing and you know giving those tasks to someone else um you know I just I just did hire someone to do my monthly bookkeeping because I just couldn't keep up with it and I just it's the worst. I I give it to bookkeepers because I find like negative joy in it. Like if there's like a zero, like a negative 1000%, that's like what bookkeeping was to me. And so I like outsource it now. And like, I just got an email today being like, oh, your things are reconciled up through May. And I'm like, oh, how easy is that? Like, boom, done, all set, you know? And then when my blog posts, like Kate writes my blog posts for me, and like, I do the part that I love, like, I love coming up with the ideas and like the the topic that we're going to talk about. And she nails it every time. Like, it's just, I don't even have to like worry about it. You're it's making just, me blush. Ah, oh, she's so good. So good. <laughs> and so it just makes me, it just, you know, I, I'm glad you touched upon that because I think it's really important. And to your yeah, point, there are people that love to do what you don't like to do, like bookkeepers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, totally. So 
Some people are really good with numbers. Both Jesse and I are not at all. <laughs> and I had to do our taxes this year, and that was probably the least favorite thing I've done all year. Yeah. So next year, we're going to find someone to do it for us. Do Woo-hoo. it. Do it. <laughs> oh, what are some of your favorite tools, if you have any, um, to, to help support the joy in the journey um, or any resources? You mentioned a couple books. You've mentioned um, a couple of just other resources or tools, whatever you have that could help our audience with yeah. this journey. That's also a, such a great question. So, yeah, the Greg McCowan books, I, you know, I, I kind of I loved Essentialism, which was his first. I've listened to both of them. So I love the audio version. It's him speaking. And so that's interesting to me. I find him to be charming. Um, obviously, all the Brene Brown books are awesome. I love Liz Gilbert's Big Magic, uh, both the podcast and the book, because I feel like it gets to the heart, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur, which I think a lot of the audience is. If you haven't listened or read it, uh, that might be just an obvious one. But um, what else do I really love? I think uh, part of the thing too is getting to know yourself on this journey. And so anywhere that you can dig in and find out more about yourself and also get comfortable with some of the difficult stuff. Um, Pema Chodron is a, uh, what is she? A, a Buddhist. And I think she has some really beautiful things to say about the difficult sides of a journey and how you can see them, acknowledge them, <laughs> and then move on from them. So I would encourage you looking into some self, you know, I call them self-help, but I feel it's a lot more than that. Um, I also really, so, and then we'll get into other like business tools, but I also really love the labyrinth, which I am a certified instructor or facilitator on. And so a labyrinth is not a maze, but it's kind of like that. And it's a walking meditation. So if you, if you like to meditate, awesome. If you're like, I can't sit there for five minutes and be quiet. You could also try another form of meditation, which I think really does allow you to start to understand yourself better and allows you to process thoughts and feelings and emotions better. So you could look up a labyrinth at the World Labyrinth Locator and go give it a walk. It's a walking meditation. And um, I love them very much. Then for tools, I think anything you can automate, you should. So I love later for Instagram and all that. Um I I really do schedule as much as I can in advance. Nothing goes, nothing is usually live um, and, you know, like streaming for me. Um, I'm sure there's some people that love that, but I really, I don't. So I set everything, you know, creator studio in Facebook for IG and Facebook. Um, I'm trying to think what else I use. I actually didn't know that existed <laughs> until recently. <laughs> it was such a boon. Um, I haven't used it yet. So, Oh, it's good. You can, you can schedule IGTV on it and it's, mm-hmm. it will save. I mean, otherwise you're sitting there yeah. watching it on the, on the, on the top, mm. you know, on the nose. Um, and then what else? If you have a podcast or you're doing anything with audio that you want to edit, Descript, or I've heard it pronounced Descript, uh, is excellent because it'll give you a full transcript. And then instead of editing the waveform, you edit the, you can edit the words. It looks like a Google doc and you edit that instead of the waveform. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you have other questions on other ones, I'm happy to answer. No, I think that gives, I think that helps our audience a lot. We get a lot of, we have had a lot yeah. of people recommend a lot of other tools, but um, I, I'm appreciative of all your other recommendations, like the books and it'll be a good start for people. Definitely. Yeah. Ooh, and I recently changed to Flowdesk from ConvertKit. I love Flowdesk. And I love Flowdesk. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. 
Yeah, definitely. It's it's so easy. Yes. Easy. And I've gotten so many comments that and this is for newsletters, but like that people are like, they're beautiful. They're so easy to read. Like and nobody was saying that on ConvertKit. So yeah, Kate, yeah. I get Kate's um, newsletters and she since she switched to Flowdesk, they're so pretty. Mine, I use Kartra. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kartra. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Kajabi. Have okay. you heard of Kajabi? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And it but it's not pretty like Kajabi or like Flowdesk. It's very it takes a lot of work to make it pretty and I just yeah. it's it, but it's it's an all-in-one email marketing course product platform. So it's awesome. really robust. But I'm like, I I have thought about Flowdesk hey. because it is so pretty. Where can people find you and learn more about what you do, Paula? Yes. So uh, my first website or my first podcast and website is Jumpstart Your Joy. And that's at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And that's stories of people, how they found joy. This last session or last season has been joy in the messy middle. And so that's been kind of appropriate for our pandemic situation. Um and there's, I don't know, probably almost 300 episodes there for you to tune into. And then my newer show is Joy of Podcasting. And I, you know, I'd love if if you're a podcaster considering becoming one <laughs> or you have a creative journey. Somebody actually yesterday told me they're a YouTuber and they're like, but your stuff is so good. I love the creativity side of it. And I'm like, oh, well, so maybe. Uh, but come check it out. It's uh, It's a lot of fun. I each week tackle something about podcasting that I I love or that I love talking about. And then I also answer some questions um, along the lines of like, do podcasts really need a canned intro? Now, this is fun for me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, and what makes a good pitch? Because these are things I've been dealing with for the last seven years. And I just love talking about them and giving more insight as far as, um, you know, what I see. And what I have seen. So you can find all that at paulajenkins.com and sign up for the newsletter there. I, you know, I'd love to have people, you know, follow along and, and join me. Sounds like a really re- valuable resource for sure. We'll have to check mm-hmm. it out as a uh, sort of newbie-ish podcasters. So yeah, yeah. I think we'll find a lot of helpful tips there. And of course, everything's going to be linked in the show notes so people can find all of your, you know, Twitter, Instagram and everything too, as well. Thank you. So Paula, it has been amazing yes. chatting with you. Lots of really good nuggets. I I actually feel um, energized after our conversation. So thank you so much. I mean, even though, well, now it's noon, so, which <laughs> is good. So noon much. here. Noon here. It's so early for you, but I still have the rest of the day to feel, feel way more energized. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a real treat getting to, to meet you both. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. I find it so interesting that, and I've said this before, how we we focus on, we're supposed to be focusing on one thing with our guests, and yet it kind of explodes into all different pieces of business. And I think it shows how integrated everything is, especially in entrepreneur life. Yeah. I mean, business can be messy and rewarding yes. and uh, crazy at times. So, I, you know, I think... I think one of the goals of this podcast was, you know, well, obviously it's about content creating, but it's all, it, it ties back to business or blogs or hobbies or, you know, whatever that is. So I, I do like how our guests touch upon that. And I think for me, one thing that really resonated is, you know, well, the whole thing about joy in general is, is something yes. that all of us 
struggle with, well, not all of us struggle with, but that I struggle with sometimes when we're in the thick of running a business um, because there's, we're wearing so many hats, so many things that sometimes we find ourselves doing tasks and doing things that we're just like, oh, this is not what I wanted to do. You know, being a photographer, it's like, oh, all you get to do is take pretty pictures. Well, right. That's like, so 10, that's like 10% of what I do. Mm-hmm. So I really liked how she got really, um, pragmatic in in giving us some tips that to take away on how we can offload the things that we don't love doing so that we can get back to the things we do love doing so I really that really resonated with me as someone who is kind of transitioning more to motherhood on the blog you know obviously I found a lot of joy in you know being with Ariel doing things with Ariel but you know just yesterday we took her for her um this is obviously we pre-record these so we took her for her two-year um photos and she is such a ham in front of the camera like a couple of months ago she started actually saying cheese and like smiling for the, on her own which shows how much I take pictures of her right and we took her to our photo one of our photographers and she didn't want to get in front of the camera and we talked about this with Liz um, Edelman on, you know, the, you get what you get and you don't get upset about including kids in your brand. And that's kind of what I've been starting, you know, more and more starting to do. And I just, I finally ended up having to jump in the photos because she wouldn't, she wouldn't stay. She wouldn't stay. And I had to find joy in those moments of, okay, well, you know, at least I get a couple of great shots with her. You're not what yeah. I planned. And at least I was dry. It's funny. I, I told Alex and he goes, well, were you, you know, did you wear something nice? He said, yeah. I'm like, did you have your hair make- and makeup? So I'm like, yeah, I always do when I go out like that. And he's like, well, then you're, you're, it's good. It's fine. You know, did, exactly. you get, did you get a couple of just her? I said, yeah, we, we did. And he goes, and that's, that's all that matters, you know, and it's finding joy in those small things. And also, as I said, you know, finding joy in stillness. I feel yeah. like you know, we have so, uh, you you know, you were talking about all the things involved in being an entrepreneur. We have so much, so many pieces going on behind the scenes. And sometimes what I'm, as I said, what I'm trying to work on and f- is finding joy in just sitting, not even watching anything, reading, just sitting down and just like. <sighs> yeah, no, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. My husband always jokes that if I ended up like actually slowing down and taking time to have more time to myself. He's like, you would just start another business. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not I mean, what I want. That's not what I want to do. What I want no, to do I is mean, just lay outside on a beach with a book and do absolutely nothing. But it's, yeah. it's you know, so I, no, I, I, I totally really, I mean, when I started, when I, when I left my job after Ariel, it was like, what am I going to, what am I, I mean, I knew, I knew children take up a lot of your time. Obviously I wasn't, crazy and thinking that but I was like what am I gonna do when she's like napping and I I found a way to fill my time yeah you know with the blog writing with my own blog with now the podcast and editing the podcast and you know your blogs and other couple of my other clients it's like yeah you just you keep taking things on and taking things on until a point where you're like I just need a break and why did I do this to begin you know the I think what the question about going back to childhood and finding what you found joy back then is that was a big mm-hmm. that was a big page turner for me I was like oh I yeah. want to learn more I want to yeah. learn more so I think it was I, I'm you know I, once again we hope you that you found something helpful within the show and maybe you can find more joy in what you do 
or maybe go out and, and find that joy in something else. Um, that's the point of the show. So thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group cocktails and content creation community and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at cocktails and content creation. We've been growing slowly with our followers and we love to see people's comments. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You can email us too at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionablycate and co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos or if you're a photographer, a brand photographer looking to get into that genre, I am at the brand photographer method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.